Good afternoon. Good afternoon. This is Larry C. Morris coming to you live from Fishbowl Radio Network from the big state of Texas. Yes, yes. And we'll also Facebook Live. Really, really uh, uh, enjoying this ride here today. Um, the weather's nice here. I guess it's nice in Texas because I'm streaming live from uh, Tennessee right now. Um, loving every minute of it. You know, the power of prayer is what we're going to deal with. And we deal with every Thursday, the power. So, dearly Father, we, God, we're so, you are so awesome. So, Father, I pray, God, that this word will enrich the hearts of everyone who hears, no matter where they at, all over the world, that they would apply it to their very life. Apply it that they may know that they have a relationship with you and that the word actually works when you apply it. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessing, blessings. Um, you know what I always say? I always say, have your paper, pencil, and your Bible with you. We're going to hit some scriptures and we're going to talk about prayer. What does prayer have to do with faith? <coughs> Excuse me. What does prayer have to do with sin? You know, why is it? You know, last week I talked a little bit about healing, you know, and and I, I'm looking at a, a lot of things that are going on. There's, there's, there's a lot of detrimental, hard stuff going on. Russia, Ukraine, shootings all over the United States and, you know, shortages, um, toxic leadership in the church, outside the church, all sorts of things that are happening but what you don't know, what you don't see is the glory of God through there's a many testimonies of God working through people, you know, with healing, deliver all sorts of things that are growing, you know, in the Christian community. You don't hear that because of the fear and, and all the other toxic stuff that the media and everybody's throwing out there. But I want to assure you that Jesus is alive. There is no doubt, should be no doubt in any believer's life that Jesus is alive in your heart. You have to take him in your heart. You have to know that you know that you know that he's alive in your heart. And, you know, we're going, we're going to read, you know, Romans chapter 5 and part of chapter 6. I'm going to pull out some things. You know, uh, you cannot serve Jesus Christ and sin at the same time. You cannot do it. This is the reason why a lot of things are jumbled up. They're all messed up from the church all the way to business to the White House. They're jumbled up because at, at sometimes it's like being in a playground. You know the playground needs to be fixed, but you can't fix what you're playing in. You, can, you, can, you cannot. You have to come out of it to fix it. You know, you have to recognize where it's broken. And if you're part of the brokenness, then you have to recognize that there's a healing that needs to take place. And I'm telling you, the healing that needs to take place comes from Jesus Christ. Comes from Jesus Christ. You're broken. The healing comes from Jesus Christ. That's, that's, that's the bottom line. As a believer, as a Christian, Jesus is a rock. Understand this. The Bible does say Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith. The Bible says God has given each and every one of us the measure of faith. 
So we have it. It's just up to us to believe that we have it, believe what the word says, and now apply it, work it. You know, we wait on the pastor, we wait on the leader to do all the work, but that 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 that's not the way it's supposed to be. And every believer is supposed to work in, do the work, do the labor, okay? Do it, being led by the Holy Spirit to put some put some work in. That's why we pray. We pray because prayer is a relationship builder between you and God. Without prayer, how can you build your relationship? And, and, and you know, again, I go back to this big survey that's done almost every two or three years. And, it, and the survey starts out is most of the Christian leaders do not have a prayer life. So the question is, if you don't have a prayer life, how are you leading God's people? They are not your people. You did not birth them. You didn't do anything. All you are to do is to lead and guide them to Jesus and to put the work in. So if you don't have a prayer life and if you're not listening for the voice of God to guide you, then how are you leading? Okay. And this, you know, you see leaders everywhere in corporate and in church. They're just falling, dropping like flies because they created something that had nothing to do with Jesus Christ. And that is that's hard. That's hard because in most cases, if they fall, we fall because we're following them and not Jesus. That's why I always talk about reading and studying your word for yourself. Knowing the word for yourself allows you not to be pulled in to somebody else's mess. If you're reading and studying your word, you know what's coming at you. You know what's coming at you and you know what to do with it. If it's not in the word, then you shut it down. You move away from it. If it's in the word, you grab hold to it and you work it. You know, that's the bottom line. We are so fascinated by following somebody, always following, always up here looking at somebody else, but yet. When you stand before Jesus Christ, he's going to ask you about you, not anybody else. So it would behoove you to really study and draw on a relationship between you and Jesus. Okay, that's the bottom line. We've got to. How did we get to this place? We got to this place because of the blood, because of the, the, the life, the death the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the shedding of his blood, going to the cross, off the cross, and now he sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding. That's how, as believers, we got here. There's no time uh, of putting him on the back burner and going forth what we what we feel, our emotions. Your emotions can be shot, can be blasted out at any given time. Because even Jesus said the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Whatever Jesus has given you, that's what he comes. He comes to destroy it, to kill it, to choke it. And if we keep allowing him because of we do not center ourselves, because Jesus said, I have come to give you that abundant, eternal, supernatural life more and more. The more you have a relation, the more you realize the power that Jesus Christ has given you from himself. You have to know it. You have to believe it. You have to trust it. 
You have to put all, you know, we, we were always told never put your eggs in one basket. But you need to understand, you put everything you have in his basket because it's his anyway. And then you follow him as he begins to give you back the pieces that 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 you work on, that you work with. You become a whole lot better and you sin less. You sin less because of your relationship with Jesus Christ is getting stronger and stronger. And the best way to do that is studying your Bible and getting into your prayer closet, entering into that 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 secret place, Matthew 6, 6, uh, Psalms 90, 95, 90 and one, 91 and 1. You know, get into that secret place of the most high God. Get in there, spend time, you know, spend time with him so that you can hear what he has to say. You want to hear. Yes, you can talk to him. And that's that communication. That is that eternal, internal, intimate communication. You speak to him, but yet on the other end of that communication, he desires to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to share with you how much he loves you, how much he loves you, how much peace he's given you, how much of himself, the intimacy of God is, is so vast. And every believer, everyone needs to have that special place between them and God so they can get in there. They can get in there and spend time. So when you come out of it, you have power and authority to do what he tells you to do. You don't have to continue to submit to what people say all the time about you or where you need to be. You need to know who you are in God, who you are in Christ, how much he loves you so that you know that you know, regardless of what no one says or what anybody says, you know that you know that you know without a doubt that you're loved by Jesus Christ. That is powerful. That's something that that intimate time with God in prayer is so important. You know, we like to go out and we do a lot of things, but we do them with not even understanding the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. We do them because people are watching and we need to do this. We need to do that. We need no. What you need to do is really spend time in his presence and then be led by the Holy Spirit. Because once you're led by the Holy Spirit, to do so, you don't care who's looking, who's watching, because there's a purpose. As long as you're there fulfilling that purpose, that's the power of having that relationship, that intimate relationship between you and God. It is so important as believers you know, why as believers in Jesus Christ, who's the Lord of Lord, the King of Kings, we sing all of these songs, but we're so beat up. We're so destitute. We're so needy. Why? Because we have not drawn on the relationship that we need in Jesus Christ. I'm not, you know, what I'm talking about is always, oh, hum, hum, hum. No, there is joy in Jesus. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. There is joy in Jesus. We don't have to walk around with our head down all the time and being so needy because our faith, our trust, we put it in Jesus, in Jesus. We are in Jesus. Jesus is in us. 
okay? And, and, and this rhetoric that you hear, oh, he sits high and looks low. Understand something. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit dwells in your heart. You don't have to go running, chasing after Jesus. He's right here in your heart. He's waiting on you just to stop a moment and rest in him. Spend time in him. You know, a lot of believers say, well, I can do this, I can do that. But also understand, being led by the Holy Spirit to do it gives you power and authority. Power and authority to do what he says do. Okay? Because a lot of times we see all the sin, we see all of this stuff, but it first has to be cleaned up in us. We have to be clean. We have to go to God, ask God to forgive us, repent, turn back to the Father. Let's get rid of our own sin. Let's get rid of, you know, I got to get rid of my own stuff. I got mess. I got junk. I got to get the word and get it out of me so that I can teach this thing, that I can help you work this thing out. It is so important because I'm telling you, we look at things and we don't recognize sin anymore. We don't recognize because it's been covered up. It's been in jokes. It's been in entertainment. It's been all over the place until we think it's normal. It is not normal. It is not normal. The more we stay in sin, the more it captures us. It captures our mind, and then it makes us sick. Then it captures our body. Our bodies are sick, and then there's a fight for the heart. That's why I tell you we have to study the word, be around people who are studying the word, be around people who are full of joy, be around people that help you draw closer to the Father so that you can be healthy. You know, you can be spiritually healthy, and then there's an overflow that brings health holistically, okay? And it is so important. You know, so many believers are broken. They're broken. They're broken. How do you get healed? Go back to Jesus. Go back to the day you got saved. Go back. Listen, I wrote a book, Rejoicing in My Salvation, Unrolling the Bundle. Get the book. Get the book. It's on Amazon. It will help you understand everything that Jesus has done for you. There's a whole big bundle. You unroll it. It's a workbook. You unroll it. You realize how the power, what does it mean to be redeemed? What does it mean to be reconciled? Okay. What does the blood, what is healing? What is a, a, a redemption? What is all of this stuff? Stuff that you weren't, you probably weren't even taught when you got saved. But we need to know it now. We need to know everything about Jesus Christ now. You need to know it because we can't be walking and sin over and over and over. Because even Jesus said he would rather be hot for him or cold for him, not lukewarm. Because he would spew you out of his mouth. He's talking to believers. He's talking to believers. And then the word says that it's time for me to decrease while he increases. Okay? That 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 takes some work. That takes some studying. That takes some some submission. That takes some cutting some stuff off. But see, you can't cut it off yourself. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit to help you do it. Because once he leads you, you won't have to go back to it. Because 
you know, once that thing is cut out, he puts something else in you that is pure from heaven and cannot be defiled. That's your faith. Your faith is pure from heaven. The love of God is pure. His grace, his peace, it is pure. It, it's been given to you by God straight from God, and no one can touch it. No one can touch it. So you have to understand, no one can take your peace. No one can take your joy. No one can take your love. No one can take it. Only you tangling yourself with sin, it gets diminished. But when you go back to Jesus, it gets replenished. It is so powerful. I want you to get this, okay? Because too much mingling gets you in a place where doubt, when you start doubting, fear comes, rejection comes. Everything you think of is always negative. All of that stuff comes. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ has already destroyed it. We just have to ignite it in our heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's why I keep saying you got to know that you know that you know. This knowing has not, not in your mind, but it's a knowing in your heart. Knowing that transformation, that knowing, that relationship that comes from spending time between you and the Father in the word of God. In the word, the power of prayer. Prayer works. Prayer works through walls, under the water, over the water, in the dirt, in the mud. Prayer works. You can't stop prayer. If you're praying the word, it cannot be stopped, period. Prayer lasts for days, months, years, years, years. Prayer works. When you begin to pray for salvation, prayer works through the years, understand something. Somebody prayed for me, somebody prayed for you. It may have taken years, but the prayer is still rich. The prayer of salvation is still entering the hearts of others and opening their heart to God for salvation. So prayer, you, you cannot stop. Isn't it amazing if you had people, individuals, because see, understand, in order to have a praying church, you have to have praying people first. You have people who understand the power of relationship, understand the power of prayer, and then come into the sanctuary and, allow, and be allowed to pray. Not five minutes, not 10 minutes, but taking time, a set time to pray and allow God to direct you in your prayers. Allow the Holy Spirit to give you what you need to pray for. That's the power of a praying church. The power of a praying church moves stuff. It destroys sin. It destroys sickness. It destroys all of that because the power of a praying church begins, there's a healing place in that church where people can come in because people are praying for healing. They can come in and get healed. You have people who are praying for salvation. They can come in and get saved. The people that are praying for growth, they come in and learn how to grow in Jesus. And you have people that are praying uh, uh, for, for people to grow and to put the work in. You have people who are praying for work, for the ability to work out their faith. See, that's a praying church. That's praying church. When you have people praying specifically, because see, you could call a corporate prayer. 
and people will come in. They'll come in to pray. But if you ask them, what are you praying for? A lot of them don't know. Ask them if they have a prayer life. Some of them will say no. So what are you actually doing? See, prayer has to be taught. You have to be taught why to pray and what to pray. Because if you're taught why, you realize why I'm praying. If you're taught what to pray, oh, I'm praying the scripture. So then that means I begin to know how to pray because my why is the answer and my what is the answer. That is something, these are teachable moments, okay? These are moments that we didn't get taught when we got saved. We just went on into prayer, hoping that it, hoping that it worked. But prayer is a relationship builder. The more you pray, the more you spend time, time, T-I-M-E, with God. The more you submit yourself to God, the more you open your ears of your heart to God, and then the more you apply what he tells you. So you see, prayer is work going in, prayers work in, and prayers work out. Okay? We have to understand when God speaks, there's something that we need to do. There's something. If he tells you that he loves you according to his word, what's the next thing we have to do? We have to turn around and we have to love ourselves. We have to act like we, we, we have to be involved engulfed in the love of God, and that we need to understand that we need to love others once we know how much he loves us, and then we turn around and we love our enemies. But through our church work, we begin to disrespect and dislove even the people in the pews. That's not love. That's not genuine Jesus Christ love. That's why there's so much dissension and disrespect in the church because we do not have that love working in us so that we don't just because see one of the things you have to realize if you disrespect another christian you disrespect jesus you're disrespecting god because they represent jesus christ so we have to understand that we have to go back to we have to go back to basics we have to go back to the rock okay we must go back to the rock and understand the power of prayer, the power of grace. So here we are. I, I want to deal with this thing because it is so important that we, we get it. We get it as believers. We get this thing. We have to get it first so that we can help others get it. You can't give out what you don't have. You can't give out what you don't know. You know, now is the time to draw in on the word, understand the word, allow the Holy Spirit to give you what you need according to the word so that you can walk the word, work the word. Okay, we're going to Romans chapter five, Romans chapter five. And see, we need to understand the power of God's grace. We need to understand that. But we also need to understand sin, S-I-N, sin. God hates sin. He did not. He does not hate people. So we have to understand we can hate the sin that causes people to do something, but we're to love people. Somehow we get it mixed up as we're so easy to, 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 to destroy people's reputation, destroy people because of sin. But where's the love? Do people know you by your love or they know you by your mouth? You have to understand there is something about the love of Jesus Christ 
We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ. So that means as ambassador, we are to show forth the love of Jesus Christ. You can't show forth the love unless you have it active in you. Active inside, eternal. Love is power. Love is powerful inside of you. Now you have to obey it and activate it on the outside of you. Okay? That's powerful. But here we are again. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll stop there. Here are some words that we need to understand. Therefore, having been justified by faith. By faith, we are justified. We have been made. We are justified to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. The faith that he's given us. We are justified. We are just. The just shall live by faith. See, faith is not blind. Faith is eternal and internal. Okay? Faith allows us to believe that God is who he said he is. Faith allows us to believe that Jesus Christ is who he said he is. Faith allows us to believe that the Holy Spirit is who he said he is. We believe it, and then we have to turn around and work what we believe. You have to work what you believe. So that is eternal. It's not outward. It's eternal. It's spiritual. It is supernatural. You have to get it there first so that you can work it out. So we're justified by the faith that God has given us. Okay? And then it says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So that peace, we have peace with an eternal, supernatural God. We have peace with him. How through being justified by Jesus Christ, by the blood of Jesus Christ. See, the blood of Jesus Christ has, 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 is humongous, okay, for you and I. The cross is so powerful for you and I. All of this was done on the cross. The shedding of blood, the death, the burial, and the resurrection was done for you and I to justify us, to bring us, to redeem us, and then reconcile us. The redemption came because of sin. He redeemed us. He snatched us out of the death, hell, and the grave, the power and authority. We are now free in Jesus Christ. The second part of that, through whom also we have access by that same faith into grace, into this grace. So see, by faith, we have faith, we have peace, and we have grace. Okay, we have all that you have it, I have it. Okay, and it says, in which we stand and rejoice. See, we are, we are to rejoice every day for what God has done through Jesus Christ for you and I. It is something it, it, time out for the whole hum. I'm broke, I'm beat up, I'm a ha. No, we should be rejoicing in what Jesus has done for you and I. He saved us. He delivered us from the grip of sin, the death, the sting of sin. He did it on the cross for you and I. He did it. So we should rejoice in that. 
rejoice in hope. Our hope is where? In Christ. In Christ. It says a hope of the glory of God. Our hope is in Christ, which is the glory of God. Come on now. This is where we need to be. And it says, verse three. Now let's go. Well, I'm going to go to, uh, let me see where we at. Yeah, I'm going to go to verse eight. Let's go to, let's, 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 let's go to verse eight. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, he demonstrated his love for us because when we were sinners, Jesus Christ, God gave his only begotten son. That love, he loved us so much to give up his son that his son would die for you and I. He demonstrated his love gave. He gave us his son, but his son died for you and I. So the love of God gave, he demonstrated it towards us. Christ died for us much more than having now been justified. We're justified by what? His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. So we're saved from the wrath of sin, the wrath of God because of sin, okay? The blood of Jesus Christ. See, you can't forget that. We have to go back and remember it, <coughs> excuse me, and work it every day because the enemy's coming to kill, steal, and destroy. Whatever Jesus is telling you, he's coming to distort it. That's why we have to read and study the word. That's why you, as leaders and believers, you have to go back to the word. You have to go back to prayer because some things that we are doing are not of God because of the comp competition and the demonstration of things that are going on out in the world. Sometimes we want to be like them, but understand something. The more you want to be like them, the less power you have in Jesus. I'm telling you, we have to go back to Jesus. Verse 10, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled. That means through the blood of Jesus, we Jesus opened that door that we now, <clears throat> there's no more veil. He being reconciled means that we now you and I, yes, you and I can have a relationship with the Father through the blood of Jesus Christ. That's it. We now, you have the power and authority and the love and the grace to have an intimate relationship with the Father. You can have it. See, these are teaching moments that some of you probably never had, but you need to grab hold to. I'm talking about believers, believers. Because we, we can no longer be broken and, and, and settle for, for the upside down flippantness of our government, of our church, of everything. You know, where sin used to be, you could recognize sin, but now you can't even recognize it because it's so covered. So now sin is something that <clears throat> is good now, but it is not. It's, sin is never good. Jesus Christ died on the cross for, to, to destroy the works of sin the power of sin in a believer's life, okay? We need to understand that. We need to call sin what it is and then work the works that Jesus Christ has called you 
by his love, his peace, his grace, his mercy, his blood. It is apparent too many times we sit around and we complain. Oh, boy, we complain, complain. But either you're going to be part of the solution or you're going to still be part of the problem. You have to ask yourself. You have to go to God. You have to be honest because God already knows. You have to be honest with yourself. Am I part of the problem or do I have a desire to be part of the solution? You know, that's the power of prayer. That's the power of getting in there. And he says here, being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Understand something. As a believer, you can go to God. You have been reconciled. You have grace. You have mercy. You have peace. You have joy. You have love. He has demonstrated all of that for you and I. So the question is, why do we still have one foot in the arena of sin? Why? Why? If Jesus Christ has given us all this, why do we? Why are we still prone to follow someone else other than Jesus Christ. We have to understand the power of Jesus Christ for ourselves, for yourself. That is the power and authority of what Jesus has done for you and I. It is so we have to understand sin. And if you don't really know, and if you've been toying with things, I'm going to tell you, go and read Romans 1. Chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5. Okay? I want you to do that. Just read it. If you don't really know what's going on, and if you think some of this stuff is funny, okay, it's not funny. It's not entertaining. It's not. It is degrading to the word and to the blood and to the body of Jesus Christ, the things that we see on TV. The things that we see portraying Christians, it is sinful. And then we wonder why we don't have power and authority. You can never have power and authority to destroy something that you're playing in. You have to recognize sin for what it is. Ask for forgiveness. Repent. Some of us, we have to sit down. Sit down sit down and spend time with God. Spend time. Don't worry about what somebody else said. Yes, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, but we have to recognize our own sins <clears throat> and not cover them up because all of a sudden, you know, I've got this name, I've got this ministry, I've got all of that. You can lose it tomorrow. It's best to go to God now while you can in submission and yielding before he submits you under his own power. It is so important because we're seeing this throughout the church. People are falling. People are disruptive. All sorts of things. There's all sorts of things that are going on because of sin in the camp. Sin in our lives. We have to get it out. We have to be refreshed by the word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
That's where we need to be. And then let's go to um, let's go to verse twenty. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abound, grace abounded much more. Understand something: wherever sin is, grace. There's that much more grace. Now we have to understand the power of grace. Just because of sin, oh, I've got great. No, 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 no. The more grace you understand, the less you will sin. I'm telling you. See, grace is supernatural. It is spiritual. It is holy. It is inside of you. The grace of God that has been given to us. Okay. <clears throat> the more you live out that grace, the more you know that grace, the less you will sin. You will not use it as an excuse to sin, but you will use it to understand that I can no longer do this sin anymore because of the grace of God that lives inside of me. See, peace, grace, love, joy, it's alive. It's alive inside of you. Don't depress it. Don't don't press, don't depress, don't allow it to live inside of you. Get in your word, study grace, study the blood, get it inside of you and allow the Holy Spirit to work it inside of you. Then you realize you do have power and authority to cut that TV off, to cut that video off. You have power to don't go there anymore, to, to stay away from these people that are always negative and pulling you in. You have the power because grace Grace is alive in you. Yes, you have the power. Some of you make decisions. Some of you make decisions because you're a Christian. Sometimes you make decisions because, well, money's involved. Fame is involved. Your business is involved. Well, what happens? What happens? Okay. Every decision you have to make has to come from here, from Jesus Christ. We must understand this. Yes, we want cutting edge stuff, but if you believe and you know that Jesus Christ created the heaven and earth, don't you know he can give you whatever you need to cut the edge? You don't have to compete. You don't have to, to, to lie. You don't have to cheat. God's grace is sufficient for you. God's love is there for you. Everything, the faith that you have in him. See, this is why we put it to work. You have to put it to action. You have to know that you know that you know that the word of God is true and that you know how to work it. You have to work the word of God. See, this is what it says here. So, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more so that sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That grace reigns in righteousness in our eternal life, eternal life, eternal. See, sometimes we take this stuff for face value, but it is not face value. It is eternal. It is supernatural. It is lifelong. For as long as you live on this earth, you have grace, you have peace, you have righteousness, you have love, you have joy, you have all of this to God for your eternal, internal life. You have it. It's up to you to work it. You've got to know it. you got to wrap yourself around it and allow it to wrap itself around you. It is so important because we should now be victorious in this world, all over the world. But yet 
we're still being beat up by sin. We're still being beat up and walking around and so destitute. But we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords living in us. It's backwards. We now, as you hear this word, you are subject to this word. And now it's up to you to believe and trust the word, to know that you have power and authority in this word to destroy the sin that so easily besets you and allow the Holy Spirit to raise up in you whatever God has put in you. You have to spend time to know what he wants to put inside of you. The vision, the purpose that God has for you, only God can give it to you. Yes, people are laying hands and telling them all of this stuff, and now they're trying to work it and never heard from God. You have to hear from God first before you begin to believe what someone else has said. You have to trust and believe God first. So many people are broken because they're running a race that somebody told them that they could run. And now in the middle or the end, they're broken because they've never heard from God or God now has moved them to a total new place. Understand something. God is first. Prayer is first. Prayer is you should be your first response and not your second result resort to. Prayer should always pray without ceasing, lifting up holy hands, pray without doubt, without fear. Why? Because you have a relationship with the Father. Prayer works. Prayer works because we have to work it. You work the word and you stare around people who are working the word. So we need to understand that as we continue to pray, continue to know the word of God, continue to work this word, we will be better. You will be better. Okay. By faith, 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 faith in God, faith in Jesus, faith in the Holy Spirit. You know, and someone says, well, well, what's faith and prayer? What, what does it got to do with it? Let's go to Jude. <clears throat> Jude said, Jude 20. This is what, this is what Jude 20 says. But you, he's talking to you, beloved. He's talking to believers <clears throat> who know they love Jesus and Jesus loves them. Building yourselves up in your most holy faith. Understand something. Your faith is holy. It's, it, it, it's holy. It's eternal. It's given to you by God. Untouched, unmatched by any man. God has given you that faith. But you have to work the faith. It says building yourself up in your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Praying in the Spirit. It has nothing to do with speaking in tongues. It has to do with being led through the prayer by the Holy Spirit. That's what happens when you are have enlightened yourself in your prayer closet between you and the Father, there are times when the Holy Spirit will lead you into a deeper prayer that will ignite your faith in application. But see, you have to understand praying, building up your faith, the application takes being led by the Holy Spirit. 
then you work it out. You work your faith. It is eternal. That's why it takes the Holy Spirit to help you with it. So that you can grow, that you can be strong. You need to be strong. As believers, we need to come out of this shell, this ho-hum shell. We need to understand the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of prayer, the power of our eternal and internal working that Jesus died for. And not only did he die for it, but he, had, he now lives and intercedes. What is he doing? He's praying for you and I. He's praying that we get it, that we understand the love of Jesus Christ, that we would understand what we need to do. A lot of us need to, to sit down and, and say, okay, all right, yes, I have failed. I'm not a failure, but I have failed. I have failed in the things of Jesus Christ. Maybe I failed because I didn't know. Okay, now you know, you're hearing it. I'm telling you, it, get the workbook, get the workbook. Rejoicing in my salvation, unrolling the bundle. It's on Amazon. Okay, get it. It will allow you and help you understand the power of your salvation. Yes, your salvation is personal to you. It is personal. We have to get it internal, eternal, personal, so that you realize the power of Jesus Christ that works inside of you. Once you get it, you begin to understand what Jesus has done, the redemption the love, the joy, the peace, the reconciliation. Once you understand that, then that gives you that much authority and power to destroy, listen to me carefully, to destroy the sin that so easily beset you, okay? That's the sin, you know, that, that's working against you right now. You need to destroy it. You need to acknowledge, recognize it, and understand the power of the blood of Jesus how he's already destroyed it, and now you have to ask for forgiveness. You have to get it out. You have to get it out. You have to recognize it, okay? As believers, as leaders, no matter where you're at, we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But yet, through the blood of Jesus Christ, he's given us the power to submit and ask for forgiveness and repent and not go there anymore, okay? What good is it <clears throat> to quit something but always be around where it is? Eventually, you go back. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He's given us love, peace, and joy. Live in the love, peace, and joy with others who's living in the love, peace, and joy. You will never have to worry about going back. See, the transformation of his love is awesome. You can know it. You can know it. It has nothing to do with the feeling. You can know it through the power of prayer, through the power of studying and reading his word and being around people who are doing the exact same thing you're doing, desiring to grow, to be part of a solution, to be healthy in a sick place, toxic leadership, unhealthy environment. We need believers who are healthy, healthy to raise up and take the rightful place wherever Jesus told you to go. We walk by faith and not by sight. He pours into us 
we are healed and we go out and we help others in Jesus name. Blessings. Love you. See you next week. Listen, spread it all over the world. Spread this all over the world. Everybody needs to hear that they can have a relationship with the father and be so much engulfed in him that they are holistically healed and have the ability to work out their faith outside of the church walls. That's where it's needed. We need people who are willing to work the works that Jesus Christ died for. Amen. Blessings. Love you. Enjoy your day. See you next week.